Hello and welcome to 100% Real with Ruby. Today I have Kelly Mack on and I absolutely fell in love with her page when I stumbled across her because not only does she spit the truth about what it takes to build muscle, what it takes to build your goal physique, but she actually goes into the nuances that a lot of people miss out in you can't build a strong, a strong whatever you want to build, a big castle of whatever your body is that you want to build on if you don't have a strong foundation. And a lot of people are missing that when it comes to lifting weights, when it comes to training technique, when it comes to understanding not only progressive overload in the sense of, okay, we know we need to increase reps, we need to increase weight, but that does nothing if you're not actually targeting the muscles that you want to target. If you're not doing things in a way that actually leads to the growth that you want in those muscles. And there are so many things that can come into this that will stop you from, I guess, moving in that direction, which a lot of general population, which I'm sure you will touch on, we sit at our desks all day. We're not in optimal postures to start with. We're not optimally knowing how to use our muscles or even know how to feel them. So with that, I'm going to let Kelly introduce herself because I know she's done some amazing education with probably the top educational people out there when it comes to training mm -hmm. and how to train yeah. and introduce this whole podcast on what it takes to actually get the physique that we want. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. Super excited to be here. I love your content and I love your page also. Um, yeah, so my name is Kelly Mack. I have been a trainer, online coach, um, trainer for like about eight to 10 years, online coach about last couple years. Um, so yeah, I work a lot in person as well as online. Um, I've recently moved to the mainland of Florida, so I'm kind of restarting my in-person business up here. So kind of um, have recently gotten more into the online space. Um, so yeah, but I also, I really, really am a believer in the hands-on part. Like so many coaches out there today like, haven't actually worked with people. So I think that's just such an important, important part of, you know, being online is actually having that experience of working with people, real live human beings and seeing the way they move and, you know, having that translate to writing really kick-ass programs because, um, you know, you, there's just not one size fits all to any of this stuff. So having that in-person experience is so huge. Um, so yeah, so I've been doing this a while. Um, I've kind of gone through all of the same, you know, mistakes and everything that we've all, we all of us coaches have been through that we try to preach about to try to let, you know, try to get people to avoid all the stuff that we've done, the yo-yo dieting, the eat, eat less, move more, the, you know, the, you know, you're not, you're never training hard enough. You're more is better. You know, no team, no rest days. Like I've done it all. So I have tons of experience with that. So I think like the biggest thing that people don't realize is giving it time. You know, this stuff takes so much time. Um, building your dream body is not going to happen quickly at all. So I think patience and time is probably the biggest struggle for most people in building their body. And I, I mean, obviously the lack of education and, 
you know, all the stuff that's out there on the gram and, you know, on all over the place, all the misinformation. So, you know, believing the influencers and whatever not. So again, just so much misinformation out there that, you know, people just believe and it's, it's really, you know, upsetting to see. So, and just, you know, the old, old mentality too, the carbs, you know, the, all that kind of stuff, like that's still floating around that, you know, carbs are evil and, you know, just all that stuff, the scale. Um, so I'm just trying to be like, like you and just try to change that, that old mindset. I feel like because there is such targeted messaging to women that we're the ones that need to avoid carbs. We have to lift in a certain way and mm -hmm. believing, I guess, one of the biggest things that I, I fell into because I, the way that I got into this is completely different than a lot of others is that I thought that the more that I train, the more gains I'm going to get. I thought the, the more reps, the more that I do, the more energy that I burn in the gym, I can build a lot of muscle and stay really late. Little did I know that I wasn't recovering from it. And then add on to that, the fact that I wasn't paying attention to my diet and not how a lot of people would do it in terms of overeating, eating the wrong things. Mine was more on the underfueling my over activity. But yes. A lot of people fall into the spectrum of thinking they can only diet their way to their goal body without mm -hmm. realizing you can't out diet a lack of training. You can't just diet without the exercise unless you want to lose 40% muscle mass because it's yes. around 35 to 40% that you will lose. And the, by the same token, you can't out exercise a really <laughs> bad diet. And yeah. You yeah. can force it really hard until the seams bust loose. And you might feel like you're doing really good, but then quickly swipe away the weekend because it's the weekend and then get back onto it and wonder why you're not seeing results. So let's talk a little bit more about that and mistakes that you see swallow out and a lot. Yeah, I mean, the weekend for sure. I have people, I've had people that, you know, just kind of vanish on the weekends Oh, and then I, you know, like we'll see their check-in sheet and it'll just say like Domino's pizza. Can we start over on Monday? Can we, st <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay. So it's like people just think it's just about the food. You know, it's just about the food. It's just about the macros that really there's just so much more, um, so much more like the, developing those habits is so huge in the beginning, especially. I've also had people come to me and say, another one that stands out is, I just want to get the weight off and then I'll worry about building healthy habits later. Right? You've heard that one. <laughs> so if you don't have the habits, like it's just never going to work. You're going to be in this yo-yo cycle constantly starting over every Monday. So seeing that. So again, people just don't want to put the time into like learning some really good basic habits, eating your protein, going on a walk, staying hydrated, strength training, just doing the things that will get you to where you want to go. It's the small things every day that will lead to the big thing, right? So that's just mostly what I see. Just, it's all about just the food and, you know, the diet and the losing weight and they don't want to deal with the other stuff the stuff that's actually going to work and get them there, right? 
another one is they feel like it's working. They could start on a diet and be like, yeah, this is working for me. Negating the fact that they struggle to adhere to it and there are days that they don't stick to it. But then working really hard in the gym, it's like, I feel the burn. I feel the pump. It has to be working. I feel like I'm smashing it through the week. It has to be working. The whole, that, that mixing up the feeling with like mixing up their feelings and emotions with what is reality. So a, a saying that I have is you're trying to force a faulty system harder and by forcing it harder, it doesn't automatically make it work because the system is faulty to start with. Mm -hmm. Back to exactly what I hear, and you know that I hear this a lot because I pull my face at you, but we'll develop the healthy habits later. Fast sells, permanent doesn't. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nobody wants to, you know, do, do the small things, do the things that actually are going to get you to the place you want to go. You know, they just want to know, what do I eat now to lose this weight? you know, and then they have nothing to fall back on, you know, when they kind of go off the rails, it's like they have no systems in place. So that's probably the biggest thing is just people being impatient and wanting, you know, the fast results. That's, yeah. that's it. And it's the falling back one as well. It's almost, this, this is where a coach comes in and I'll let you talk on the training and the nutrition side of this, but a lot of the work can be saved, a lot of the stress can be saved. It's not just paying for a program. It's not just paying for sets and reps. It's not just paying and saying, oh, that's an expensive price for blah, blah, blah. This, this is troubleshooting your issues. This is saving you the time, the stress, the money, the energy, trying to figure out your own shit. I don't know if I need to eat low carb. I don't know if I need to do this. I don't know if this is good. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I don't know how else I can change. They get like this really clean diet, all this crazy program oh there's another no ad and it's like I don't know what else I can do like I'm doing everything I need to do and yeah, but is that really the right thing that you can do what happens if something happens on the weekend what happens once you finish that what happened like mm -hmm. how is that making you feel is like how's your energy on it because you're not even fueling yourself for that energy but then to the exercise component it's people think that adding in all of these exercises, like when you see people posting on Facebook forums, there's like redundant exercises of the same thing. Like I'm going to do this glute kickback and then this glute kickback and then this version of a hip thrust and then this sumo pulse this and sumo. Like, where are your strength workouts? Where are your strength reps? Where are your big vein movements? And mm -hmm. why are you doing glutes every single frigging day of the week? Like when are you like, It's, it yeah. feels like it's working but also where can a coach come into this and what do you usually see go wrong when people kind of follow advice that seems okay on face value I mean it's tough because a lot of people believe you know what they see because they see some really jacked person or shredded person that they want to look like dancing around with a band around their ankles or their knees doing all these booty band workouts or you know flapping their arms around or doing whatever they're doing thinking that's how these people got their body right so what they haven't seen is these several years and years of heavy work that these probably heavy work in the weight room that these people probably did to get that body um people don't believe that you know 
you need heavy squats, RDLs, hip thrusts, you know, pressing, pulling, all that stuff heavy. Like you need to challenge yourself. Um, and just like doing these lightweight, like banded things are not what's going to get you there. So believing that is not going to make you bulky. And that's probably one of the hardest things to convince, you know, these women that have that mentality of doing these beach body workouts and, you know, whatever they're doing these days. So trying to convince people that those people did not get to look like that from doing that, I promise you, okay? So we need to eat some food and we need to lift some weight. And that's very scary for these women, you know, to, and it's understandable. Like they're like, but I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to get big. You know, I want the six pack. I want the glutes, but that's how you got to get there. So it's kind of like teaching people to kind of like not believe this old school mentality, which is tough. I mean, so starting slowly, you know, starting with some strength training that works on progressive overload um, is kind of usually how I start, like sending, you know, a, a good full body workout that's going to have some strength based moves. And then towards the end, having a little bit of fun stuff, like maybe throwing in some of that banded stuff. So they feel a little bit of a burn. Cause again, at the end of the day, I know we wanted to talk about program design, but it is an art, right? Because mostly you have to give people what they need, but you also have to give them a little bit of what they want. Yeah. Right. Cause that's going to keep them bought in for one, like that's going to keep their buy-in and then that's going to keep them motivated in the beginning. Cause that's what you want. Right. Cause they're, if they're, we're trying to ask them to like change kind of this old school thought, I'm like, Oh my God, you need to be doing heavy rows, not just, you know, little pink dumbbells. Like we have to give them a little bit of what they, of what they want also. So kind of making that transition as you know, the months go on with them. And then I think people's mind mindset changes. Like they start to feel really good and they start to feel strong and like they start to enjoy lifting a little bit of weight. So that's kind of how I, I do it. Yeah. It's, it's like, you need to be able to enjoy the process, but at the same time, it like, it's something that you've never done before. It's normal to not enjoy it to start with. It's normal to have a resistance to resistance training. Like it's normal. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that actually sounded cool. But yeah. it's normal to have that resistance. But once you realize how good it feels to feel strong, to learn how to improve your movements, seeing your squat move from something that looks like some jellyfish to something that looks a lot more solid and being able to actually hit depth without pain. Because I have a lot of girls where you actually need to backload their exercises. And this is where it comes to like, you need to understand program design. This is this is leading into the the very topic and that sometimes you might need to do cap stretches to start with oh you shouldn't stretch before you work out yeah but if you can't get into that position if you can't squat appropriately we need to do the movements that can actually get your body moving in the way that we want it to move before we actually add on the squats yes maybe you're going to be weaker but that's where we do in like skill work that's where we start to understand how to bring in like execute so hinging most people don't know how to hinge most mm -hmm. people don't know how to use their hips yeah. a lot of people, like I get people trying to do just a state like stationary lunge I'm, I mean to say a split squat you get people uh -huh. trying to do a split squat and they can't even get their back leg to the ground without having a hunch or a curve in their lower back like 
those are the things that you need to master to yeah. be able to be able to do something bilaterally, aka have a bar on your back for squatting. But mm-hmm. then talking about program design again, because I want you to talk about why execution and why I guess earning your cards and being okay with this process is so important. Because yeah, we we want to give you what you want. We want to be able to have you beasting it in the gym. But if you're trying to do that on a shaky foundation or a foundation that doesn't even exist, you're not going to go very far. You're going to get plateaued. You're going to get injured. And that's one hour out of your day. What happens the other 24 hours when you're in pain, when you're injured, when you're getting more setbacks? A lot of people, like I said at the beginning, our posture sucks. Our upper body sucks. We aren't able to actually hold a bar in our back mm-hmm. half the time. So we're doing this weird shit with our arms and we're not, mm-hmm. and instead of squatting down, we're doing like a, a bow, like, hello. Yeah. I'm like, yes. why is it so important that we build up these basics and how can we teach people? How do you teach people how to brace and why execution is so important? I mean, execution is everything, right? I get in the beginning, especially get so many forum videos on people like, you know, doing their dumbbell bench press and just, you know, letting it fall, not using any kind of tempo, just, you know, no control. So teaching, yes, exactly. Flared out elbows, the whole thing. So, you know, teaching people. And, and when I like, when I send a program, I like, you know, have a forum video of me doing it. And then I make a lot of notes and, you know, but I think people, again, are just impatient and they probably don't watch the whole thing and they just kind of do what they do. So execution to me is, you know, the most important thing on, you know, with, and tempo. I mean, I think those two things are just as important as sets and reps, you know, equal. Um, Execution is like how you initiate the movement, you know, from if you're going to drive up with a lot of momentum, you might end up missing out on some gains if you're going to lower with a lot of momentum just kind of like gravity take it you're going to probably miss out on some gains so i always start people with usually a three second lowering i just think that is a yeah great way to start even if i don't write out the tempo which i don't in the beginning i'd say lower for three seconds literally i write that like three second lowering so they can kind of get into the habit right out of the gate of one two three that's like i say that all day every day (laughs) And please count in elephants because people don't do the full three seconds. I, right. I One of the very first things that my, my girl's going to introduction week, I just want to emphasize why tempo, tempo is everything, especially when you start out. It is the greatest teaching tool. This is why trying to find your information online is probably the worst thing you can do. Just like the stretching thing. Like, yeah, don't stretch before you work out once you get to a point where you don't need to stretch because that's just going to impede your results. But yeah. same with tempo. You don't want to do aggravated tempos all of the time. But in the beginning, tempo is the best teaching tool. That is why it is one of the first modules that you get as a client with me. Because yep. I use a lot of tempo for my first lot of programs. A lot of it. Continue yeah. Tempo is just like, Mwah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, agree. And it just teaches the, them how to feel the actual muscle they're trying to work right out of the gate. You know, I don't know if you've ever, have you worked with people in person? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like in the beginning, sometimes people will be doing something like a tricep rope and they're like, oh, I feel this in like my abs. And it's like, what? You know, like they just have no idea. So like actually getting people to like get in the right position and slow things down and like kind of 
telling them where they're supposed to feel it. And like, I think just going slow and controlled is everything, especially right out of the gate. Cause then that builds that nice foundation, you know, for the rest of the time. So people don't, people think that because they need to drop back the weight because they need to strip things down because they need to relearn things. Like I have a lot of girls, even like a couple of months into the, Oh, I got a good topic. A couple of months into the program where they're finally starting to send videos. And when it, I mainly see it for Rose. When they do Rose, they have like this jerk thing, like there is no back being worked. The, the biggest tip that we can give you is what muscle are you trying to work? What does that muscle do? Think about what it does and how it pulls you because it doesn't yeah. pull you from the hand. It doesn't do a jerk movement. Like you want to think about shoulder blades doing everything. And this is, this is actually something I want you to talk about before we go into that one. You use your upper body when you're doing lower body movements. You need to use your lower body when you're doing upper body movements. Why is it such an important concept to grasp? I mean, because if you're loose from like, if you're doing a chest press and you're just like loose in, in your core and your legs, I mean, that's a huge one you see too. So having that floor drive, keeping yourself like so braced in, like I always tell people like, just kind of pretend like I'm about to sucker punch you, you know, like you're just kind of ready for it. So you're tight, you're pushing your feet into the ground just so you're, you're nice and sturdy and stable. Like, this, again, you won't get that same drive if you're loose all over and from your core to your feet, you know, it's just like your whole body needs to be stabilized to be able to press the weight, basically. Yeah. Same way, you know, yeah. In, same with like, even like obviously in a deadlift, another cue that I always talk about is pushing into the floor. Like rather than pulling up weight, try to think about pushing your feet into the floor. Like it's all about just kind of being super solid, super stable. Your upper body shouldn't be really doing anything. You need to create a really tight, I guess it, it it's a lever. Like your arms are levers. Everything is just like tyro. Everything goes through your legs for that. And yes. once you create a solid unit, it allows you to get stronger much faster. And yes. I, rem I remember the time where, when I was back in my powerlifting days, I added, I think, five kilos in one week to my bench press, which is really hard to do for a bench press, but I added yeah. five kilos for the same reps, all because I finally learned how to do leg drive. Like that is how, like yeah. I never had leg drive and leg drive added that to my bench press. Like there Absolutely. are so many things that once you get everything functioning together, you can actually make progress. And I, when I was training in person, I was, I moved into powerlifting coaching. So I was coaching a lot of powerlifters and something that I used to teach a lot there is a lot of the time you can't hammer a squat to get better by squatting more and more and more. You need to figure out where the weak links are and build those up. Like you have a week back, we need to do something else. You can't squat a week back away. Like, yeah, it's good to keep the foundational pattern there, but yes. how about doing like a front squat? How about changing things up in a way that will allow you to move past that plateau instead mm -hmm. of staying married to that one exercise? Yes. There's one rule to that. So we got the, we bulk too fast. Why do people believe that? Why do people feel like food is so scary to actually fuel their training? And what does that lead to? And then also that whole thing on why do people stay so married to exercises? I mean, again, I think it's just old beliefs and old mentality that people are scared to, to eat food 
because they obviously don't want to gain weight. They're scared to, to go into this build phase because they don't want to gain weight. And by that, they mean they don't want to see the scale going up. I mean, that's, that's what they mean. Um, and married to exercises because this is what once worked, right? This worked for me before. I think this is where, you know, I got strong. This is where I looked my best. I think like people are so married to stuff that has worked for them in the past that they are scared to try anything new because this worked, but did it really work? Because you're right here back to kind of coming, looking for a coach and like, because you're back to where, you know, you, you, you aren't happy anymore with whatever's going on. So did it work? So again, just another thing I always tell people in the beginning, before I start working with them is one thing I ask is you have an open mind. And I actually say that in like the first letter I write to them is like keeping an open mind and remembering what once worked for you, you know, worked then, but that doesn't mean that's going to work now. So letting go of these old beliefs that you have, you know, you're a different person now. So be open to trying different things, right? That, so. that part, I love that part that you just said, you are a different person now. A lot of people face future future happenings or what if this happens what if that happens based on past predicaments but you've learned in the process you need to forgive the past to ever be able to move forward you are not that same person anymore you would have gained experience and if you didn't then you need to sit with yourself take ownership of what happened and get your lessons from there so you can start to move forward because if you keep recycling the same thing you're going to i love harry potter the way they say say the same i love harry potter's quote history repeating itself because that's exactly what it is yeah. and the thing that I thought was the best topic besides impatience which I still want you to go on about is why is filming so important I filmed from the get-go and I would watch in between every single set okay I need to fix this I need to fix that even if I'm like even if you're not well versed in how to do something this is where a coach comes in and they can tell you what to look for please get a coach to like get you further along at, especially at first, but then you'll be able to actually see what to look for and then improve your sets each time. Because if every single time you do bench press, for example, you're flaring about, you have your arms out here or every time you do a squat, you're nowhere near depth and you're still trying to add some plates onto the bar without actually building mm -hmm. the way up first, starting with a goblet squat if you need to. You're not like, just because you're working hard or you're progressively overloading your weights does not mean you're progressively overloading. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Just because you're progressively overloading your weights doesn't mean you're progressively overloading your results or exactly. the way you wanna work. So yeah, why is it If your reps aren't looking clean and crisp, then there is no reason for you to be adding weight. I mean, that's the thing is people think progressive overload is they have to add some, you know, weight each week. Or, and there's so many other ways to progressively overload that do not involve adding any weight. So, you know, it's like people would rather do quarter, quarter squats and quarter presses just to have that heavier weight. Cause you know, again, ego check really. <laughs> so again, people, I think that's another problem is ego. You know, they, is they want to lift this certain number, even though it's sloppy and horrible, like, you know, just having this, cause they, they did 200 pounds and they want to do 200 pounds, but really drop it down to one, 175 with cleaner reps, you, you'll go a lot farther, you know?
I love that. I'm going to read out something that you wrote because I think it's important. Impatience. They, like People don't feel like they see the results fast enough and they're the exact same people that continue to spin their wheels month after month, year after year. The ones not willing to make any changes, but they want different results. It's you are willing to make changes. It's just they're not the ones that are flashy and the ones that happen fast. And this comes back to the question, what is progress to you? I thought I was seeing results before. I, I was making progress this way. So I want to do it. Okay, but what do you mean by progress? What are results to you? Mm. Yeah, I mean, exactly. People, I think, are so also stuck on being perfect. And when they're not perfect, you know, they have failed. And it's perfectionism is kind of like an easy way out. Oh, I, I can't be perfect. So, you know, I'm just going to throw the towel in basically. It's kind of like a big one that I see. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just that's huge to me. Yeah, it, it is. It's almost like you feel like you need to master things straight away and you're not willing to have like that is actually probably something that stops a lot of people from scaling things back in order to move forward. And it can be very hard to pull things back and feel like you're not progressing because you only see, like, it's, it's the same thing when it comes to the scale. Like we're so used to just chasing numbers or having tangible things that we mm -hmm. can chase, but it's so much more than that. And you can't realistically, I have this thing that I will keep saying, and that's if you could, progressively overload your weight every single time you walk into the gym don't you think you would be lifting trucks and houses by now like literally right like, be the Hulk. <laughs> exactly it, it doesn't work that way and it gets to a point where it's going to be a lot more fatiguing versus stimulating which mm -hmm. oh, that's something we can talk about and add on to that tack on to that the barbells and why they're not the be all and end all because Mm -hmm. Like I, I put into my story yesterday about the dumbbell RDL. A lot of people aren't in a position where they can barbell RDL or barbell deadlift. It's like, yeah, but why don't we start with like something like dumbbells and teach you how to actually hinge with dumbbells, mm -hmm. teach you how to actually keep your thoracic this way and your lats engaged because mm -hmm. I, don't, I yeah. don't know if you get this, if you have the same pet peeve as me, but a lot of people do their dumbbells this way for dumbbell RDL instead of this way dumbbell RDL and they go too low and then it it, yes. it doesn't even become a lower back exercise because it's not working your lower back if your spine's all curved that just becomes the recipe for injury yeah no people don't understand how to sit those hips back I mean they they think they want to get low to the ground so they would drop their chest more and their hips kind of stay right where they are so that's always a problem is like kind of teaching people to touch touch a wall behind you with your you know, with your butt, basically kind of pushing those hips back until they can't go anymore. And that's it. It's actually a, probably a shorter range than most people think, you know? So yeah, dumbbells for sure. I like to teach RDLs too with a band around your hips. Cause then, you know, it, it kind of lets you feel that your hips going backwards. Like the band kind of pulls your hips in the beginning. So you can kind of get a feel for that. How do you teach people how to brace? Because they, Bracing is something that you need to apply to every single exercise. Yeah, bracing is tough. I mean, it's sort of like an intuitive thing, I think. But like, as far as teaching it, um, I always just kind of have people like, you know, kind of 
putting their like thumbs on their side and kind of a big belly breath in to kind of expand the diaphragm and then kind of like pulling the rib cage down and just like I always be like again pretend like I'm gonna sucker punch you really and then just kind of like have them like kind of pull in and that's really kind of how I do it and just have them practice that like I'm always like sucker punch it's kind of like what I say and then they kind of like know to like pull, breathe out pull pull the rib cage in and that's kind of how I do it but I think like a, a big mistake people make with bracing is kind of thinking like power lifters you know like like over bracing almost for just like hypertrophy movements like you know what I mean? Like kind of breathing in like that. Really, they're just taxing their like oxygen <laughs> rather than their legs for like a squat. So like over bracing because we're not powerlifting here. So yeah, that, yeah. It, it, it's like you need to be you, something that I like to say is you can't really work your glutes effectively if your abs aren't on because your abs kind of take out your lower back and they work in synergy. And your lats are pretty much part of your core as well. You can't say your lats aren't part of your core because it's like the mm -hmm. fascia that pretty much, it yeah. connects your ribs to your pelvis. And that's exactly what the bloody core is. Like you need to learn how to use your lats if you want to do exercises properly. It's like the lats are like my favorite thing to talk about. So <laughs> like you need to be able to get the abs on to be able to get your glutes. And you probably see the hip thrust is actually my, one of my biggest pet peeves. People add on plates when they can't even properly execute a barbell hip thrust because they will load it and push through their legs but their actual hips aren't doing <laughs> extension they just right. stay in a flexed yeah. and by flexed I mean like you're still in a bent angle position like the glutes aren't fully pushed through to the top which yeah yeah hip extension I mean people miss out on that last little piece of that of like a hip bridge I mean a glute bridge or a hip thrust if they don't yeah push their hips I mean their glutes through and kind of like squeeze so hard at the top because you leave that little like you leave out that little bit of extension you're missing out on so much magic and in, in the movement so but I can't add on more plates and I want to add on more plates to do a heavy barbell hip thrust <laughs> yes I know I know <laughs> and and I guess also just the way that you explained that it brought another thought to mind this is where program design once again comes in couch stretching before a hip thrust because what if your quads are too tight and you will never be able to get the hip extension and the hip thrust that way and reeling this in to the results aren't happening fast enough how like how can we get people to be okay with relearning things so that they can actually progress like a step back to keep moving forward slow down to speed up i mean it's really hard to do that, but it can be done if people, again, will have an open mind um, for sure. And then also like another thing I have people do is like, let's focus on a gym goal, a performance goal. So let's not just focus so much on, you know, the daily scale and the weight fluctuation. Like let's, let's turn our energy elsewhere. That's, you know, major, I think. And that really helps people because then they have something kind of tangible to focus on, like whether it's a number on a, you know, a certain amount of weight you want to lift or a pull-up or just something fun that we can focus on in the gym that will keep you motivated. It'll make you feel good when you start getting closer to that number. And it just takes, takes it away from the whole other process of like losing body fat and 
let's focus on getting strong and doing something awesome in the gym. Like, I just think a lot of women, especially have never done that. You know, it's just been like, I want to get skinny. I want to be, you know, I want to be thin. I, I, I don't want to be bulky, but like, let's focus on getting strong. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I first signed up at the gym, I started just trying to like, just walking up to random guys and getting them to flex with me. Cause I started, I had the tiniest arms, but when I first started, you know, the little 10 kilo preset barbells. Yeah. I couldn't pick one of those off the rack. Like I could not actually physically get it off the rack. Every time I try, I couldn't even lift it. I couldn't even lift it off the actual thing. So it was at the top of the rack. They like do that thing. And the most that I could dumbbell curl was a three kilo dumbbell. So I would progress with just like three kilos and I do that for a while. And eventually I could do four. And then I get to a point where it's like, fuck this shit. I need to like multitask. So I'd be walking on the treadmill, curling these like four kilo things and just doing this until I get tired still walking and then I go again and then I just started seeing definition in my arms oh yeah. how funny is that did I just say definition from training mm-hmm. to build muscle define mm-hmm. arms from trying to build my arms like right like I want to tune up my arms I want to shrink my arms right by building muscle like by building my bicep my arms became more defined but I was just like trying to outflex everyone like that is the most rewarding feeling yeah, so focusing on something like that, like go focusing on maybe like a look you want to go after, you know, like not just a number on, you know, like let's let's not worry about the scale. Let's like how do you look? How do you feel in your body? You know, do you feel strong? Do you are you starting to get yeah, your toned arms? Like let's focus on that kind of stuff, you know? And I think the process will speed up. <laughs> As much exactly. as like, because it'll, it'll go by without you noticing day to day, like what's happening on the scale. So if you think about two different, I love this conversation because if we're, we're like bouncing off each other in it, it's like, if you think about two different people, mm-hmm. the person who's falling in love with the process, the person who's chasing the performance goals and going back to the post that I read from you that continues to spin their wheels, things that results on happening fast enough. I'm going to add in another element to this because it's, the one that I know you see as well. And I want to build muscle and lose fat at the same time. It's possible. Yeah. Okay, cool. But you didn't build muscle losing fat. You're revealing what was already there. And when you're, when you are a heavier person, a lot of the time you are carrying around a lot more mass. So you have more muscle there to reveal some of the time, but then if you just keep pursuing that without taking a step back to focus on one or the other, that is when you start to realize that you're not getting to where you want to be. You're spinning your wheels mm-hmm. and it goes back to those two people. And it yes. goes back to having the performance goals. It's kind of really freaking hard to chase this and feel really empowered in what you're doing. If you're still trying to lose fat, you're still trying to shrink, you're still trying to eat 1200 calories a day. You're still trying to cut your carbs. You're still worrying yes. about whether you ate this or that. Please throw everything at that topic yeah one thing at a time as the best way to go about it you know um I heard like an analogy one time about this particular topic and it was really great it was like it's it's like eating spaghetti and cake like they're both really great but not together you know like there's there's a sequence like you're gonna have your spaghetti then you have your cake You know, it's not like you eat them at the same time. So that's kind of like a great way to think about it. Like, 
let's 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 work on building some muscle and then obviously fat loss will be a byproduct or vice versa you know whatever it is you want to go after but one thing at a time works way better instead of I want to build muscle. I want to burn fat. I want to run a marathon. I want to do a swim. I, you know, like let's, let's get really good at one thing before we move on to the next, you know, that, that, that just makes more sense. Do you so. see this as well, where people start to get really competent at something and then because they're feeling competent at that thing, they want to just start adding in more and more and more and more. And yeah. that yeah. never really leads to where we want to go. Correct. Absolutely. More is not better. <laughs> better is better, right? And you want to be able to rub it in what you're already doing for long enough and get consistent at that for long enough. And you don't want to go from zero to hundred. Oh, I've mastered this now. I want to start running five Ks a day. Yes. Hey, okay, um, how, how about we just get you consistent with actually adding in walking first? Yes. And then the next. Yeah, exactly. And then like having people stay on a program. For more than like two weeks <laughs> you know like obviously minimum like minimum four weeks minimum and they're just like wait my program hasn't changed like yeah that's the point yeah. like <laughs> we want to work on these you know basic lifts week to week to week to week to week you know so people just wanting to shine a new object they want you know the change so. you have this post i love it it's do your goals align with what you actually are willing to do? And on that post, there's you want to get leaner, but you aren't willing to track your food, reduce alcohol, alcohol is a, like, I prefer people to not drink at all in a fat loss phase if possible, or have such a really limited amount, which is exactly hammering the point that you shouldn't live in a fat loss phase year round and not chase, I want to lose fat and build muscle at the same like. Mm-hmm. You're making it harder for yourself to have a performance metric to chase, to have anything to to feel empowered through. Going back to that four-week program, like, of course you're going to see me and people like Kelly progressing really well in their programs because it's week six, it's week eight. We've been doing this for six or eight weeks. We've been getting Mm -hmm. consistently better at it. It, If if we keep changing our program every three weeks, yeah, okay, it feels like it's working because we're getting sore every time. But we're getting sore every time because it's a freaking new program, not because it's working. Right. <laughs> before I finish this this post, here's something I said to someone. I want you to explain this. The moment that the program stops leaving you really sore is the moment you actually start to create muscle changes. Because if you're constantly, like, explaining it differently, if you're constantly getting sore and you're still learning the new movement patterns, your body is still adapting to that exercise, number one you're still creating the neural connections to learn how to do that exercise properly. And then if you just go changing it again, you're just going to have to keep relearning the same thing, going through the same process, getting really sore. That's going to hold back your performance. But yes, we do want to get that tiny little bit sore because that's going to like, we won't always get sore after a workout, but it's as soon as we hit that point where it's not that Dom's feeling and it's not that we're learning a new exercise that we actually start to progress and force muscle change. Yeah. I mean, after you stop getting sore, I think you still need to stick with it, right? Because that is going to be when you start getting better. You start getting more efficient. You know, your body is ex- can expect this now because it's not like so shocked at this new movement. So continue to keep doing it. I mean, I don't, I don't know how sore you get, but like after I'm on a program for a while, I don't really get 
super sore anymore. Like, right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, usually like the first week, a couple new things, you know, you'll, you'll feel some, some, some soreness, but that doesn't mean anything. Like, again, that's actually an old school mentality. Well, I, I'm not sore. Like, so it's not working, you know, I'm sure you've heard that. So mm-hmm. that's actually kind of a good thing, you know, cause your body is adapting, but that doesn't mean you should go change the exercise. Cause then, yeah, you have to like restart over. So that's when it's like getting good is when you got to keep it and you might be getting bored, but it's a good idea to keep that movement in, you know, just keep, keep drilling it. It's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a skill. It's strength is a skill. So. It is. And skills need repetition. And yeah. once again, you need to build it on a strong foundation. Yes. And I, I actually don't really get that sore either. Like the first week at max, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is where I get sore. And if, if you really like, you need to force changes and you force changes by progressively overloading, but you don't force progressive overload either. It's a byproduct of you getting stronger, you building muscle. And that only happens when you stick to something for long enough. And once again, the whole like, are you, do your goals align with what you're actually willing to do? And that might actually be letting go of trying to chase two rabbits at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so many people say they want certain things, but you know, they're not willing to do what it takes. And I think that was the idea of that post is, I hear it all the time. Like, I want to look like this. I, I want to do this, but they're not willing to do the day-to-day things that will actually eventually get them there. They just want this end result of looking like this per- person on a fitness magazine, but do you understand what it takes to get there? And it's not drinking all weekend, you know, and skipping workouts and being hungover and not doing any of the things that you know, will lead you to this said goal, then is it really your goal? You know, and that's kind of like, I just think people think they, they want certain things and they have no idea what it takes to get there. And I don't even know that they want it, you know, necessarily. It's just what they think they should want maybe. Yes. That it's also what they think they need to do. Because when we say you're not willing to do what it takes, it doesn't mean like it's actually not this hard grueling process. It is hard and grueling in the concept of you need freaking gritty patience, gritty consistency. That's the hard part. It's not the actual work itself because the right path is one that starts with where you are right now, demanding your patience and building Mm -hmm. you up from there. It's not, you're not willing to do what it takes because it's a hard, gritty, go hard, go home mentality. Like, no, 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 that's not what it takes. That's what you think it takes. What it takes is you stepping back and taking it at a pace that allows you to do it consistently over time. Consistency. I mean, that's really what it takes. And that's like the missing piece that people don't have. You know, it's, they struggle with consistency. They get bored. They want change. They want the shiny new object. You know, it's consistency over time is the secret magic pill. <laughs> what do you do then about the discomfort when people try to embrace the new stuff because a lot of discomfort that I see pop up comes around okay but now I'm feeling like my clothes are too tight yeah that's that's a tough one I've actually been through that myself um when I did a sur- like a bulk um surplus a couple years ago it's my first one um and what I did was 
what I had mentioned earlier was I set a deadlift goal and I bought um, some new gym clothes. So I didn't feel like so tight in my clothes. Cause that was like a, a big mind, like a big mind fuck basically. Like, you know, you're walking around being a trainer in, in a gym environment all day. And then just kind of feeling, I, you know, I did like a major surplus. I think I gained probably like 12, 15 pounds. Like it was a, it was a big one. So I was very uncomfortable. So actually going through that as I have, I feel like can help some people through that because I went through it myself. So again, just, you know, like I said, my wife bought me like a, a new set of <laughs> gym clothes that were just like a little baggier. And I just set like some, some heavy lifts that I really wanted to get like a, 300 pounds, something deadlift and, you know, some, some pull-ups and just like some, some big numbers. And I had fun doing that. And then I did um, a cut for a photo shoot. You know, that was kind of my, my plan for the whole year. And so for me, that's what I did. And that's kind of what I recommend is the performance goal changed everything for me. So just having something else to focus on is the biggest thing rather than looking in the mirror, like, Oh my gosh, I feel I feel this way. I feel fluffy. I feel this. I feel that, you know, like let's feel fucking strong in the gym. You know, let's, let's focus on that. That's the best thing I can preach. You know, we need to stop focusing on and body checking all the time. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's probably like, there are people that don't body check at all and then don't do reality checks and realize how far they've let themselves go. That's yeah. one type of people, but yeah. a lot of people are body checking way too often and holding themselves back from ever moving forward. Like the thing is you don't even need a huge surplus. And a lot of people aren't even getting bulky. They just feel tight in their clothes because they're doing something they're not used to doing. But then I also see that people bulk too fast because they let go and they got sloppy with maintenance. They got sloppy with their calories. They got sloppy with the effort that they're putting in because as soon as you're not focusing on fat loss anymore it's not this I need to make sure that everything is perfect to the gram it's okay I have a little bit of flexibility but then you give yourself a mile instead of an inch and like that's that's the like it's all a state of mind because I never give girls big surpluses it's always a tiny surplus or the upper end of maintenance until I feel like I really yeah. improve them because they don't even want to get to the upper end of maintenance most of the time Agreed. they still feel really freaking height in their clothes at this level it's just like that's a state of mind because you're doing something different yes exactly yeah yeah for sure you are doing something different and you're holding on to some old stuff like that what once worked in the past and now you're in this whole different you know time that wait you're asking me to like eat more and put on weight and it's like it's, it's people's minds are blown I think so I mean and just again just trying to like bring people in of like being strong is what we want being strong and how to get strong is we need to lift weights and we need to eat more food you know it's, it, that's what we need that's what that's what you your goals are that's what you're saying in your goals that you want to be strong you want to be able to pick up your kids and do all these certain things. And this is what's going to get you there. So let's get out of this old school mindset and, you know, start eating some food and, you, you know, you don't have to go into some major surplus and gain a bunch of body fat. Like you said, we can just have you at maintenance, 
you know, and, and most people eating maintenance calories will see some amazing results, especially because they've been dieting mostly. <sighs> Something just popped up again. And I know that I spoke about this on the last podcasts that you guys have listened to, but I've been dealing with like, just because you can't give it 100% doesn't make what you're doing not worthy of doing. And you, sometimes you'll need to take a step back. And sometimes even in your training, you'll need to pull back the loads. Like if you just keep trying to match the logbook or do more, you could be holding yourself back because it might like, you're not a freaking lab rat. You're not someone who is paid to lift. There are things in your lifestyle that impact what happens inside the gym and forcing that load on a body that can't tolerate it in this session or sloppy form is only going to hold back your recovery more. And looking back, like, yeah, I would give anything to have the muscular development and the strength that I had back in 2020. Like that is what I want to build back. But wishing for it isn't going to make it happen. I can act to it right now, but I also need to be realistic about the fact that I just recovered from a torn hamstring. I just recovered from a shoulder injury mm. and I'm still recovering from a gut issue that I've been dealing with since February, which held my progress back for a good two months. But now I'm slowly coming back into it. But there are circumstances that mean you need to give things a little bit more intent, a little bit more effort and a little bit more patience. But it mm. doesn't mean you give up. It doesn't mean you jump to an extreme. It doesn't like... If you keep comparing yourself to where you were, if you keep comparing yourself to other people, that is going to have you spinning the loops as well. So I want you to bring the, the barbell back into this because barbells aren't the be all end all. And program design, the order, the selection of exercises, it all plays a role into your results. But beyond all, it's how you initiate movements. And I am so blessed to have fallen upon Ben Poluski actually. He's the one that taught me how to initiate a chest fly. And then I just applied that to everything else. Because he's just like, you want to think about squeeze, like there's money here. You want to think about squeezing it like it owes you money. And then he said that mm -hmm. to every other exercise. Like, you don't want to think about just doing this. What, yeah. what muscle work? And he like did this with the video. And he's like, you want to think about getting this this way and then squeezing it. And applying that logic to literally everything else that you do is how you get the best stimulation. You can make a five kilo weight feel like a 20 kilo weight. Mm -hmm. I asked yeah. a lot of this, so I'll sum that up. Why barbells are the be all end or why knowing how to initiate movements is important and why order selection and how programs are designed has a specific purpose versus throwing everything at the kitchen sink. <laughs> well, barbell barbells aren't the end all be all that's because first of all your hands are you know if you're thinking like bench press like it just doesn't fit a lot of people's mechanics first of all like your hands are fixed so it's really hard to you know if you want to do like a chest press like to turn those elbows in you're you know you, you just it just doesn't fit everybody so people have this concept that barbells are you know are what what you need and really most people probably don't need barbells I mean, unless you're a power lifter, um, unless you just purely want to, you know, work on strength and force. I mean, yeah, then barbells are great. But again, dumbbells, you can get just as much benefit, if not more. And it fits most people a whole lot better. Um, you know, just like having your hands glued to the bar just limits your range of motion and can just, you know, lead to a lot of injuries. So 
they're definitely not, you know, the end all be all. Um, I think they're a great tool and it may be great to mix in here and there for strength movements, but you know, do you need them? No, not at all. Most people probably don't. Um, and exercise selection, I mean, it depends. Like, yeah, it's super important. It, I think you always, a good rule of thumb is maybe, you know, always starting with what is most important to you. What would think about, you know, your goal, what is your goal? You know, and then kind of building your program around what, what's, what's the stimulus you're after? What, what are you chasing here? Are we chasing strength? Are we chasing hypertrophy? Are we metabolic? Are we, you know, deciding what your actual goal is, then that kind of determines the order. Do we want to build our quads? Okay. So we want to build our quads. We're, we're probably going to do, you know, more quad dominant squatting. We're going to raise up our heels, you know, heel elevated, um, hack squats, leg extensions, like the, yes. And, and the order of that also matters. So if you do leg extensions first, you know, then a hack squat, your quads are going to be fatigued. So they're going to be the limiting factor, or you start with a hack squat. You could probably, you know, do more load because you're fresh, you know, that then you can probably get, go heavier. So it just, it just all kind of depends on what your actual goal is. So I think you have to figure that out. Yeah. That was, what is your goal? So your goal is to build muscle. Then you're getting a little like specific muscle. I want to build my delts. I want to build my glutes. Okay. We're getting specific now. So then you can kind of start designing a program off that. So you want to target specific muscle fiber, muscle tissue, um, you know, you want to probably focus on doing length and position stuff, you know, hypertrophy. So that's, you know, most people don't really know what that is. I want to get strong. You know, like in what, like what, you know, that kind of like most people say, I want to get strong, but a lot of times they mean, I want to look toned, you know, I think people kind of get that confused and that's okay. But so once you get a little more specific, you can, you know, kind of break down your program and kind of go in the order of what's most important and what's going to get you to your goal. So that's, so yes, exercise selection is very, very important. And like I said, in the beginning, you know, program design, it's, it's like an art, you know, it's like I said, giving people mostly what they need, but a little bit of what they want too. If you absolutely hate, you know, back squats, like maybe you don't put those in. <laughs> especially in the beginning, like, you know, if you, you don't want people to like be miserable because part of it is enjoyment also. I was going to say, this is also where different variations of back squats can come in. Like one mm-hmm. of my girls hated back squats. So I gave her cyclist squats, mm-hmm. cyclist squats because they're different. They're like entertaining. It's not having, oh my God, I need to lift this much on this absolute strength movement. It's like, no, even a bar can make a cyclist squat feel really freaking heavy. Yeah, that movement and also it's knowing what you're like what you said it's knowing what your goal is for that session because sometimes you might have a squat at the back end of the workout if you're doing back loaded I don't know I think and does anyone teach back loaded yes Uh, there we are yeah okay cool because I I have my own program design mentors as well (laughs) I think they're similar because it's why I connected with you yeah 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 but like you might have to do a squat at the end of the workout because that's where it makes sense. And this is exactly why it can be really handy to get some guidance to start with. Ugh. I'm trying to think of a way to tie this all together because it's, it's let's just lay it out in that. What is it that we can get women to understand when it comes to building their body 
when it comes to their nutrition, when it comes to their training and shit that holds them back, including inpatients. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, let's eat some fucking food, let's rest and let's train hard. <laughs> I mean, that is just the bottom line. <laughs> And I feel like there's been a shift. I mean, I feel like it's it's slowly starting, but I think people are getting out of that old mentality a little bit. And people are, women are wanting to lift weights and be strong, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's always just what I say. <laughs> Eat the fucking food, right? Yeah. And rest. If you can go too quickly after your first set, you know, women also don't want to rest. You know, they want to do jumping jacks and shit between their sets <laughs> like we yeah we want to train hard enough where we need to take our rest intervals right two minutes or whatever it is like rest you know don't don't be doing burpees in the in the middle of it yeah I feel like a big part as well in what you just said with like people need to be okay to eat more food as well it's as soon as you teach yourself to trust yourself it doesn't become a scary a lot of the time you've just been chasing weight loss for so long and you struggled with it. You did crazy regimes, crazy approaches that made you feel more restricted. You found it hard to stay consistent. You fell off track more often than not. That makes it really hard for you to trust yourself. Yeah. And the fat loss is actually the easy part. Mm-hmm. And once you get yourself out of that, to eat the food, to build the muscle, to revamp recharge boost your brain metabolism as in like your brain because it's not boosting your metabolism it's boosting your mental willpower again because yeah. then you have to get into a diet you can stick to the plan you built the trust you're not having an a hangover from diet fatigue you're not yeah. having a hangover from smashing yourself to oblivion you're teaching yourself yeah. that you do show up you can do the things and that you can go hard at the diet again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also like just setting realistic expectations, you know, That's a lot sad. of people don't do that. They want to start out of the gate. They want to train five or six days a week. They want to lose weight. They want to do it all. Like, whoa, let's slow down and like, let's set some realistic expectations that you can actually achieve, you know? So once you start- yeah, once you start like hitting those small things, then we can take bigger goals. And it just, it's like a beautiful cycle. <laughs> that, that actually ended this perfectly because realistic, <laughs> okay. realistic oh, okay. expectations is pretty much what we covered in this whole thing. It's realistic expectations of what you need, what you're willing and able to do, realistic expectations of the gym, of progress, of what progress is, realistic expectations of tying it all together to get your best results. Yeah. Perfect. Is there any final words you want to leave them? No. Um, you know, train hard. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Train hard, train heavy. Train Don't fear it. Move with purpose. <laughs> I like that one. Move with purpose. Yeah. Go and follow Mac Fitness 305. Is it the five? 305. I'm like, it's either 305 or 308. Max Fitness 305 on Instagram. I'm going to put her Instagram handle below. If this resonated with you, if you have any questions on your training, if you feel like you need to lose the weight first before you build the healthy habits, before you learn how to lift, have a good talking to one of us because we will show you <laughs> that it's not that way. Like, 
that's the same thought process that leads you spinning your wheels. And yes. if you follow Kelly, you'll see her posted all the time. You'll see her in person training her clients in her stories, showing you like not burning calories, doing crazy shit, like actually using cables, doing exercises yep. in a way that actually aligns the muscles. Like you're not going to get results from the training you do, but the training that you recover from and the effective training that you do. Yes. It's not about burning calories in the gym. It's about creating a stimulus. And that's exactly what Kelly shows. And that's why I love your story so much because you're showing, yeah. hey, you don't need to like burn and get the pump and like smash it. Like, yeah, there are strength movements as well. But yeah. program design, program art, training in the gym, it's a completely different purpose than what the food's for, than what the lifestyle's for. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks Thank so much. Thank you very much for coming on. I hope you guys like this. And give us a tag if you listen to this or share it with someone. I know a lot of you people don't like sharing it to your stories, but share it with a friend. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>